just for a couple minutes, because we just heard some really great meat right there. Um, I want to just, I want to take off, and it's great having Andrew and Chrissy, right? Up here, it's always such a blessing. Usually he comes when I'm not here, I don't know why, but last time he was here, he sent me a picture of him standing in front of our sign, <laughs> saying, guess where I am, and guess where you are not. <laughs> so I don't know why he's finally... I think it's a sign, you know, that he's here and I'm here together. Uh, it could be catastrophic. We'll see what happens. But uh, Andrew was in our Bible college. He uh, finished our Bible school. Did you finish our Bible school? He's still finishing our Bible school. I'm still, I'm still a freshman. He's still a freshman. Great. <laughs> and Jason Benoit is here, the youngest of the Benoit clan. And so um, so great to have him here with us. Um, I just want to share for just a few minutes on the topic of the spirit and the flesh. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, I think this is Greater Grace's favorite verse. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them. And let's just pray. Father, we pray that you would bless this message. We ask you, God, that you would seal these words in our heart. And bless our Memorial Day, God, as we get together with friends and family. Bless it with safety and fun, and that you would just be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And then some translators added this part, because this is not part the original this is not part of the original who walk not after the spirit, who not walk who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, some commentators or some translators added that part. What the scripture really says here, that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, period. (laughs) Period. Because you have some denominations that say there's no condemnation if you're in Christ, but there's condemnation if you're walking in the flesh. There is no condemnation. There's just separation from that fellowship in Christ. A person who is in Christ... He is not living under condemnation. And that's, we'd like to see, sometimes we, in our little systems of justice, we'd like to see some people, like, experience a little condemnation, you know? Just a little guilt for what they've done. Just, it's a little, you know, at least they would just say, I'm sorry, you know? And, but, you know, repentance in the kingdom of God, repentance is not about how sorry I am. It really is just a change of minds about the craziness of sin. And so, but look at verse 2 here. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This is the law. Whenever you read about the law in the Old Testament, as a New Testament believer, just plug Romans 8-2 into that word. Right? What was the verse that Pastor Kyle read about the law? Right? Just plug in. Whenever you hear the word, they that love my law. As a believer, what's that law? The law is Romans 8, verse 2, the law of the spirit of life. That's the law for the New Testament believer. Because when we live in the law of the spirit of life, it's like the, 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 the law of gravity is overcome by the law of aviation or whatever you call that. It's when the, when the plane starts down the, high, the runway and the winds and the uh, currents of the wind go underneath the wings of the plane, there's another law that takes over the law of gravity. And so when we are living spirit-filled, then we have another law that is greater than the law of the flesh. 
and of death. That's what I want to talk about a little bit, is that God really desires to speak to you and I about his plan for our lives. Okay? People just have no idea how to live their life. I was in Walmart yesterday, and, you know, I mean, Walmart's great. I'm addicted to Walmart. I don't know. I just go there for therapy. I just walk around and just breathe in, breathe in the Walmart air. Um, uh, Sarah works there. She's not addicted to Walmart, but she, one time I bumped into her there. And uh, I was walking around, and you, and you know, this is, this is a Memorial Day weekend, and uh, just people are kind of out of their minds this weekend. You know, we were driving back from Baltimore, and there was like police every 10 feet, everywhere. Not every 10 feet, but they were just everywhere, and they were pulling people over. Because Memorial Day is really kind of, this weekend really kicks off the summer, doesn't it? And uh, kicks off barbecues, it kicks off just a lot of things, and also can kick off a lot of bad decisions. And when we look at when we look at our summer, we want to hear from God about our summer, don't we? Amen. You know, like um, there are times when God just wants us to get away and just to listen to Him. Do you ever do that? Amen. Just you know, I'm going to go for a walk. Um, Billy Graham, before he began his ministry, went to a hotel room and locked himself in a hotel room for three days and just got on his knees and prayed and just listened to God and just said, God, speak to me because I'm, I'm not living my life the way I should be. And I want to hear from you. And, you know, it is so easy as a Christian to live our life and just not hear from the Holy Spirit. And just go from event to event, experience to experience, relationship to relationship, bill to bill, day to day, job to job, crisis to crisis. That's the way many Christians live their lives today. Because the law of, of the law of the flesh is ruling. And it's so easy not to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to grieve the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking this week, and just listening to Pastor Kyle's message, that the Holy Spirit is that part of our Christianity that is so key. And I think that just because some denominations may get it wrong or they may be exaggerating or they just may, may be out of their, you know, they just may be so extreme in teaching the Holy Spirit, it does not mean that we cannot understand what it truly means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that there are many, many Christians today that live their lives without any filling of the Holy Spirit. They just live in knowledge about what they know about God. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be in greater grace for many years and have a lot of knowledge about God, but not be a Spirit-filled Christian. Not be someone that's walking in the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is ordering your steps. Remember, the Spirit of God is a person. It's a Spirit of grace. It's a Spirit of life. It's a Spirit of power. You know, when we get saved, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's not a separate experience where, you know, you get saved and now I'm going to wait for this event, this event in my heart, you know, to to truly mean that I'm saved. We understand that. But there's something else I'd like to say about that. There are certain things, certain times in in a Christian's life where there are certain people, and this happened to me, where I got saved... And I understood that what I did was right. But it wasn't until later 
when I began to discover the finished work and the eternal purpose of God, where I began to experience a filling and a, um, uh, a presence and a joy and a power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? I think some people have gotten saved and they just live in the knowledge of that, but there's never been that, that moment where the Holy Spirit reveals to you in a very deep way who you are and what your purpose is in your life. Do you know what I'm saying? And I really, I don't, I don't say that we look for experiences, but there are some Christians that have never ever had that inner, um, inner baptism in their heart of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And I'm not saying that you have to speak in tongues. I'm not saying you have to, you know, um, heal people, because that's not that necess- not, is not necessarily even a sign of salvation. I'm saying that when we know that we know that we know that the Holy Spirit is filling us and empowering us for service. I want to make this point too, is that God wants to speak to you this summer about your future. You know, some of us just go through season after, okay, that's summer season now. Okay, summer season, all right. And same old, same old, you know, what are we going to do with the kids? And, you know, how's this, you know, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, let's get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's hear from God about what his plan is for my summer. Because actually it's not my summer. You know, we just want to, we want to, we want to relinquish our rights to our summer. Say, oh, I worked so hard for this summer. This is my summer. Don't touch my summer. You know, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to have this cookout and this and this. It's like, you know what, wait. Because you know, if it's God, if you give it to God, say, God, I'm relinquishing all of my rights over my summer. Then you know what happens? You're going to have a blessed summer. You're going to have an awesome summer and God's going to bless it. And he's going to lead you and he's going to provide but you know something, when we look at the summer that's ahead of us, we want to hear from God, like, what do you want to do, God, in my life this summer? And listen to learn how to listen to God. You know, I've been really, I've been practicing this new thing where, I remember my pastor, Pastor Stevens, he just had this way of, whenever you talk to them, whenever you talk to him, and he's gone home to be with the Lord, whenever you spoke to him, and I didn't have a lot of conversations with him, but whenever I did, I really sensed that I'm talking to somebody who really knows what's going on on the inside, you know? And it was almost a little uncanny. It was a little scary sometimes. Like, you know, does this man read minds or, you know? And he always had just a word in season, like in a very special way. And I, was, I think about that, and I would like to be a pastor that's like that. I would like to be a servant of God that's like that, where I'm hearing from God about what to say to people and now whenever I have a meeting with someone or a phone conversation or when I'm preparing for counseling I always want to just get really quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit about what God wants to say to that person because I don't want to give him my flesh I want to give him my opinions and my emotions and my you know my opinions and my my anger like what Pastor Kyle was talking about my this or that and you know I had recently a phone conversation with someone and um, I won't get into it because it's confidential, but uh, this past weekend was just so amazing because they were sharing with me a situation. And I was like, God, I don't know what to say. You know, like, I don't know the person that we're talking about. And, you know, I don't know the situation. But this person, you know, as very often happens, 
people call and they want counsel and say, God, I want to give, I want to give you, I want to give them your counsel. And I, give, I began to pray and began to think. And as we were talking, God began to um, give me understanding about where this other person was at. And I found, I just discovered, I discovered in the conversation something about them that I had heard the person sharing with me on the phone. And I thought, this is the problem. Me, this could be the problem right here with that person uh, that we're discussing. And wasn't a person in the church, it's just a family member that's probably unsaved. But this is the problem in that person's life. And this is what's going to happen. And I just thought, how can, you know, I finished the conversation, I had this, such a sense of satisfaction. And I thought, how can that be that we would have insight into people's souls? And that's just by hearing from God. You know, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we're grieving the Holy Spirit, there is just no insight about, about people. There's no insight about our life. And there's no insight from God. You know, we know in Ephesians 4, verse 20, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, when you grieve, you know, there's three things about the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God is not just an influence. It's not like a weather pattern that comes in and blows in and blows out. You know, it's not a fad. It's not some kind of... It's not some kind of tingly emotional experience. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person. He is a person. Inseparable from the, from the Trinity. He is the Spirit of God that exalts Jesus Christ. And I'm going to finish here in just in a couple minutes. Um, just hang in there. The fact that we can grieve the, the Holy Spirit refers to Him that He's a person. You cannot grieve an influence. You cannot grieve a weather pattern. You can't grieve a, an, an experience. You can grieve a person, though. Number two, uh, the fact that we can grieve him proves that he's sensitive, that the Holy Spirit is sensitive. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is pictured as a dove in the New Testament, don't we? Yeah. And it's interesting to note that it has, it's known that if you take a feather of a vulture, one of the most dangerous birds for a... For a dove, if you just take a feather and bring it near to a dove, dove, uh, it's been known that doves doves will tremble just at that feather. And doves are very sensitive to the appearance of evil. You know, the appearance of evil. The Holy Spirit is just so can be. Do you ever see something happening in a person's life, or on Facebook, or on Instagram, and you look at it and you're just grieved? You're just like, oh, I'm just grieved. I'm grieved for that. And then number three, the idea. Of sensitivity means that means that God loves us. You cannot grieve someone who is indifferent. If someone is indifferent with you, you're not going to grieve them. You might hurt their feelings or offend them, or but you're not going to you're not going to be able to grieve someone who is indifferent. And, and this is what today's drugs do: painkillers. They just make people indifferent and without feeling and without emotion. And so. God's love through His Holy Spirit can be grieved. Um, this, is, uh, this is such a key point in our Christianity that understanding that, that when we begin to hear from God in our life and we begin to see what's happening behind what is seen. Because reality is not what we see necessarily. Reality is really what's happening in the spirit world. In the world of the Spirit, the world of the Spirit of God. And I want to just close with that. That how do we get, get set free from, 
grieving the Holy Spirit? And how do we, how do we on a practical level uh, experience a filling of the Holy Spirit? Well, there's seven things real quick I want to say. Number one, or actually, I'm sorry, uh, three things. Number one, we want to rebound. First John 1 verse 9. We just want to rebound. We just want to, conf- whatever is grieving the Holy Spirit. By the way, what grieves the Spirit? What grieves, does a cigarette, a can of alcohol, a magazine, a TV show, the internet, what grieves the Holy Spirit? None of those things. What grieves the Spirit is the flesh. That's what grieves the Spirit. Because objects in themselves are not inherently evil. Right? Objects are objects. They're just objects. Sometimes people say, you know, oh, this is the, the bone of Saint, you know, so-and-so back in, you know, in the 1500s, and this is holy bone. You see that in Europe a lot. No, that's not the case. That What grieves the Holy Spirit? It's just the presence of the flesh. And actually in Galatians 5, verse 17, it's the spirit that, that opposes the desires of the flesh, and the flesh desi- opposes the desires of the spirit. Like whenever you wake up in the morning, and it's Sunday morning, it's time to go to church, or... Thursdays come the time to come to prayer or you know outreach. You're, the flesh is going to oppose that, and everybody else's flesh in your family is going to oppose that. Just in it, just inherently, that's just the way it is. It's like our flesh knows that if it's going to come to this church, then it's going to face a cross, a cross that crucifies the flesh and does not allow anything of the flesh to exist. The flesh opposes the spirit. The flesh grieves the spirit. And it's like when we look at, for example, things that are in our life that grieve the Holy Spirit are not objects, but they're things that will exalt and stimulate the flesh. Like music. I mean, there's certain kinds of music that can stir up certain kinds of emotions because music is a language. It's a language that, that, that targets the deepest parts of the soul. It can make a person moody. It can make a person uh, hyped. You know, like before a game, you know, down in the Phillies game. What are they playing before the before the uh, they get to be before the game starts? Hockey games. What? You know, it's like music, or you know, because it's not the music itself that's evil, but it's what it's doing to you and I. You know what I'm saying? That it's it's stimulating the flesh and it's awaking the flesh, and that's what stir. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit, and so the flesh. What do we do with the flesh? Like Pastor Cosby, we're not fighting the flesh. That's not Christianity. Okay, I'm going to get up today. I'm going to fight the flesh. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm going to get my new Bible, you know, special edition right here. And I'm just going to fight the flesh all day. And at the end of the day, it's going to be like, oh, what a good fight of faith that was. You know, and then, you know, God's not even in that. God's like, okay, if you want to do that, kudos to you. I'm just going to, I'm going to relax on my throne of Ephesians 4, verse 16, throne of grace that's there when you need it in a time of need. So when you totally fall on your face from fighting your flesh all day and losing, maybe it's actually four or five days. I'm fighting this, I'm fighting this sin in my life, you know, working on myself. <laughs> we like that, you know, like, you know, we can meet people downtown or maybe here too. And they say, how you doing? I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on myself. Good for you, man. If it works, let me know, because you're going to be the first person on the planet in world history that's ever been able to improve yourself good enough to be accepted by God. What's the provision for the flesh? There's one right there. 
big, rugged, splintery, rough cross, you know? Amen. That's what God gave this world. Amen. To crucify our flesh. So like in the morning, before we get out of bed, I, this morning I woke up, you know, thinking, okay, you know, I'm thinking I am a success story even before my feet hit the floor because the, a cross has been given to crucify the flesh. Amen. So just rebound. And rebound. First John 1, 9. It's not like, oh, God, I've sinned, I've sinned, I've sinned. It's like, you know, just, just say, God, I've sinned. And to be honest with you, I'm not so sorry about it, <laughs> but I sinned. I confess it to you. And actually, it was pleasurable, but I sinned. And it, I confess that to you. Because the world will say, you've got to really mean it. Well, okay. How do I mean it? Well, God, I'm just confessing. That's what repentance means. There's some denominations that are based on just crawl up the aisle and just chew on the varnish of the altar and then, then you'll be truly saved. You know, it's like, what? I don't want to do that. I just wonder what everybody else is doing that's not doing that. You know, where are they at? So anyway, repentance is just, I confess my sin. I say the same thing that God says about it and then the Holy Spirit begins to do a transformational work in my life because I, I, I confessed it. If you're struggling with something in your life, don't get tired of confessing it to God, even if it's the 434th time you failed in that five minutes. Just keep confessing it to God. Bring it to the light. Say, okay, God, this is what the Word says about it. There's no condemnation. I'm in Christ. And therefore, the law of the Spirit of life lifts me up and delivers me from the law of sin which is a downward pull, and death, which is the result of sin. I'm going to finish with this. Just rebound. Just say, you know what? You know, sometimes we grieve our wives or our kids or, our, you know, our, our, our parents. We just say, you know what, honey? I was an insane baboon. Forgive me. <laughs> Spiritual baboon, you know. Pastor Belly says that. Number two, um, we just want to, we want to, we just want to just dump things that the word of God says is that is that, that defiles us. Number number uh, number three, uh, Romans twelve verse two. Um, carelessness. Let's just not be careless. Sometimes when when we think we got it all down and we know exactly what we're doing, we got a plan. We get a little careless, and if someone comes up to us and says, "You know, I, I'd like to, to share. Can we, you know?" I just think that you're a little careless being you're a little careless right now and and that's why it's good to have checks and balances in your life as a Christian because if there's no checks and balances then you know I'm God's free agent you know I'm just nobody tells me what to do I'm serving Christ and well Christ is in the body and then Christ is in the body then I want to hear what the body's saying and then lastly just cling to the cross that cross, you know, it's a theme in our church, you know. Some of us joke about the way some of us preach. We always talk about the cross, you know. It's like that really is a central point of the message because it's not about us. It's really about what was accomplished at the cross. And when we live at the cross, our flesh is crucified and we're set free to worship God and to follow Christ and not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's a good practice in our life to say, you know, God, have I grieved you in some way? You know, have I grieved you? Uh, you ever, you ever, and if, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes 
your wife just stops talking a lot, you know, stops, stops, just stops, stops, doesn't talk so much, and you're wondering, honey, have I grieved you? Are you okay? You know, and 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 you want to touch base, keep those connections lively, and and because women are a lot more sensitive than men sometimes, and we want to make sure that we're not grieving those that we love, because in in essence, it's really grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay. I know we've had two great messages here today, but we're going to load up on the word for this week ahead of us and take what you heard today. And Wasn't it great worship this morning? Amen. Didn't Aggie and, and uh, Nina do a great job? So great. I just love the joy and the fellowship and just the, uh, just the spirit here. So, amen. All right, Father, we thank you, God, for our liberty in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for liberty just to be free from the gravitational pull of this world. And the world that is, the way of the world is, is it's getting to be that if you are a Christian and you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and you have convictions in your life about certain things, you will be less accepted than some of the extreme crazy people today that are being integrated and accepted into society. Um, It's okay to have a man walk into a little girl's bathroom today, but if you say I'm a Christian, then you are a crazy freak. Amen. And that what is our world coming to? Lord, we know that the days are short. We ask you, God, that you would just keep us, Lord, on that path of grace these, these last days. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you've come to church before, you say, you know, I don't know I've ever received Christ as my Savior. Just say this prayer in your heart today. You only need to do it once because Jesus doesn't move in and move out like a hotel, but Jesus moves in and he makes his home there. Just say, Jesus, be my Savior. Come into my life. Transform me by your love and grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Okay. Amen.